The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I'm the host of this show. We have eight episodes a week. If you're just tuning in for the Monday night preview, we will break down the Jets-Patriots game in New York, MetLife Stadium. Pats are favored. That may surprise you. With Jared Dubin, then Jason Lockenfora will join us after the break. Uh, to explain why he has a picture of himself in a Misfits t-shirt with Joe Biden on social media. Uh, his dog will bark several times, just FYI. And um, we will talk about Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes with him, and uh, Kirk Cousins. We will talk instead, no Kirk Cousins, we will talk. Uh, make sure to check out our Week 7 Sunday Recap Podcast. Myself, um, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and Sean Wagner-McGuff break down all the games from Sunday. We have an early odds YouTube exclusive that is up on youtube.com slash CBS Sports. Click on, go there, hit subscribe if you want. Uh, hit the video section up the top, and then you'll see a bunch of little like green background things. Those are our Pick 6 podcast videos. If you watch them, um, it would be greatly appreciated because when we get a lot of views on those, people are like, oh, the Pick 6 podcast is so popular, so cool. So go watch those. Uh, you can also download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Joining us now, Jared Dubin. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. I uh, I feel like I have to say, just because I grew up there, this uh, this game tonight, it's in New Jersey, not New York. Oh, did I say New York? You did. You said New York, yeah. It's at it's at the Jets, but it is in New Jersey. Yeah. I don't, I don't really get the whole tri-state area and how that whole thing works. New favorite. Jersey is a suburb of Manhattan. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. And then, like, the very bottom part of New Jersey, like Cherry Hill and Atlantic City, is a suburb of Philly. I got to say, I was up in Stanford, Connecticut two weeks ago, and I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. That's a suburb of New York as well. <laughs> it sure is. sure is, because it's a 45 flew into LaGuardia. It's a 45-minute cab ride, or an Uber ride from uh, LaGuardia. I don't, I don't you should know probably I... never go to LaGuardia again. It's the worst place on the planet, probably. It is absolutely. The... And you know what the worst thing was? And I don't want to. You know, veer away from our, our preview of the Monday night game. But, um, since we are talking about the Northeast, I had like, for whatever reason, the, uh, my ticket got a little, uh, askew. Like my, there was like, I, my, my TSA pre did not get assigned to my ticket. That's fine. No big deal. I can go, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy. I can go through, uh, regular security with everybody else, except on the way back home, it meant, uh, going through LaGuardia, uh, you know, security. 
with my my shoes off and I forgot to wear socks. That's a rookie mistake. Yeah, I was like <laughs> just sitting. Oh god, I was just sitting there like, oh my god, I'm my eating, my feet are being eaten alive by by like slime or whatever it was. And by the they way, should, there's a they should sell you, socks somewhere in the airport so should, that it, doesn't have to happen. As soon as you get through, too, you um you got you see that there's like a hot bar. It's like who's, who's eating that hot bar? Like what do you mean? What do you mean you're gonna like you're gonna like scoop up some like or it's like a like a anyway, anyway we don't need to talk about Laguardia. Let's talk about <laughs> the Patriots and the Jets. Um, does this feel like with the return of Sam Darnold that the Jets have a chance? I came into writing my preview piece on this game thinking that the Jets were probably going to keep it close uh, because of how good the offense looked last week and just through the writing of it and watching more of the Patriots defense to confirm that some of the numbers I found were actually real. Um, it convinced me more and more that it's not going to be that close. Um, mm. The Patriots defense is just way too good. And I just can't see really anyone other than the best offenses in the league moving the ball against them at all. Um, and I don't think like the, I think the Jets will very obviously be better in this game than they were in the first game when Luke Falk was playing quarterback and was 12 of 22 for 98 yards and a pick. Um, but I just, I don't think that they have enough to really move the ball consistently against the Patriots defense. You basically need to break a big play to score on them and they don't give up big plays. Mm, they sure don't. They stay, they sit back and they smother your receivers, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to read you some numbers right now from the Patriots secondary. I swear they're all real numbers. Like, none of this is made up, okay? okay. So there there are 94 cornerbacks who have played at least 100 snaps in coverage this season, according to Pro Football Focus. Four of them are on the Patriots, okay? Okay. J.C. Jackson ranks first in passer rating allowed, 15.8 passer rating on throws in his direction. Stephon Gilmore ranks fifth. 48.3. Jason McCourty ranks ninth, 54 passer rating on throws in his direction. The worst cornerback on the team so far has been Jonathan Jones, 84.5 passer rating, 32nd in the league. Cow. By the way, he's averaging like allowing 2.8 completions for 33 yards a game, and he's the worst cornerback on the team so far. But, That's insane. And like, here's here's an even better one. I swear, I swear this is real. Devin McCourty and Duran Harmon have been targeted a combined nine times. Do you want to guess the stats on those nine throws? This is um, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, zero completions. That okay? They've allowed four completions for okay. twenty-one yards on okay. nine throws. Okay. All five other passes have been picked. Whoa! What? Yeah. <laughs> they've given up. They've intercepted more balls than they've given up in terms of. Um, yeah. Passes. All right. So this is kind of interesting. I'm just curious about your philosophical take on this. Um, I ended up, uh, we were down, I was down with my, uh, my, it was my mom's birthday this past weekend and we were down, to, uh, we visited her and they had some friends down there. They were doing like a whole thing. And, um, I was explaining to them, to my dad and one of his very good friends as we were up drinking some wine uh, later in the evening, watching some college football that what Bill Belichick has done and how this is like Bill Belichick's magnum, ma, ma, like it's his opus, right? Like he, he has created, he is, he was ahead of the curve on analytical production or analytical decision making in terms of building a defense from the back out, from the back in. Like he went out and got all these cornerbacks 
And as a result, he now has this group that plays in like almost seamless fashion now that they've had two or three years together. And he finally has the defense that he's always wanted. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, this defense is, by the way, they lost Justin Coleman, who was like one of the best slot corners in the league and they just missed absolutely no beats and their corners are still amazing. Like the linebackers are playing really well. Jamie Collins is back and is playing like out of his mind. Like he was terrible for the Browns and then comes back to New England is making like no money comparatively and he's just been ridiculous again Dante Hightower is playing great I mean the whole like at, at this point it's more of a back seven instead of a front seven like you really should include the linebackers with the defensive backs rather than the the guys who play up front just because of the way things work now um and the whole back seven is just playing unbelievably well for this team like the only guy you can really throw at is Patrick Chung and he is basically just sitting in the box letting running backs catch the ball in front of him and tackling them right away um it's it's pretty unbelievable what these guys are doing nobody's open ever for some reason teams are throwing at Stefan Gilmore more than any of the other cornerbacks and it's not successful at all but it's even less successful throwing at the other guys so I don't even know like it's it's incredibly difficult to get anything against them and I mean the front is playing really well too it's it's not like the defensive front has been bad um like I don't know it's this is one of the best defenses I've seen in a very long time mm. so do you think it is and we'll get to the Jets offense in a second but do you think it's um do you think it's a result uh what 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 percent of the Patriots success would you ascribe to them playing the softest schedule we've ever seen out of the gate uh i don't know 10 percent, 20 percent. i mean how much wow. okay. does the schedule um contribute for any team however much that is that's how much i would ascribe to the patriots okay i don't think it makes any more difference than it does for anybody else um they're just dominating teams it's like not even close yeah no i mean look i've I don't disagree with you. Do you – all right, what do the Jets do then? Because I do think, at least with, like, Darnold and the checkdown offense that they like to operate, mm-hmm. that they can potentially create some drives here using Le'Veon Bell, using Jamison Crowder, dinking and dunking, maybe take a shot every now and then to Robbie Anderson, like, down the field off play action. Uh, but, like, they could sort of creep and crawl their way down the field, right? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, the thing about this Patriots defense is the dinking and dunking is what you have to do, and you can't miss ever. Right. Um, they, they force you to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, if you miss, it's going to be picked, or you're going to get sacked, or you're going to turn the ball over. I mean, you basically have to make a perfect throw in, like, the six, seven-yard range and just keep doing that all the way down the field because they don't give up big plays. The only big play they've given up, really, this year is that like what was it like the jet sweep to what's his name uh Sims or Wims or whoever on Washington and he broke yeah. like 17 tackles all the way down the field and then I think Golden Tate had like a decently long touchdown toward the end of the game last week um which is like really the only pass the, the only actual it was a, it was a broken it was a missed tackle too it was like a it was a BS play it's really the the only like legit passing touchdown that they've let up all season basically um yeah i mean it's it's just really tough you have to be perfect you can't miss anything and like if you run you better get five yards or more on any run otherwise you're going to be working way against the sticks and um 
they're just going to kill you. I mean, it's it's so tough. So what? So what, I mean, what do the Jets do? Like, do they just try to be perfect and dink and dunk? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to. I don't know. Um, the offensive line has not been very good. Yeah. Some of that is, you know, that Luke Falk was playing a bunch of games, and they had uh, what was it, Trevor Simeon, before that for yep. whatever it was. Like, I guess he didn't even really play like half Trevor the game. Right? Yeah, Trevor Simeon played week two against the Browns on Monday night for like a. Yeah, he he got he he right before half the first half ended he basically broke his ankle I think right and um so I mean some of it is just having a quarterback who's like not a real quarterback working behind the offensive line quarterbacks contribute you know a very significant part of like pressure rate and sack rate and things like that but I mean the Jets rank 31st in opponents pressure rate 31st in adjusted sack rate 32nd in adjusted line yards per carry all at Football Outsiders. I mean, that's not good. Obviously, the the Patriots have the the sixth highest pressure rate in the league through six weeks, second in adjusted sack rate, uh, third in adjusted line yards per carry. So they've been pretty dominant up front. So I mean, I think if you want to take a deep shot against them, it's going to be very tough, just because it's very likely that the Patriots are going to be able to get pressure. I think you could sort of have to think and dunk your way down the field, have Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder make guys miss. This will be a really good game for them to have Chris Herndon back, um, mm-hmm. just because it would give you another option in short yardage that's so athletic and can make guys miss and like test the defense at least up the seam. Ryan Griffin's really just not going to do that. And... um yeah, I think it's going to be really tough, and they basically have to hope Darnold is just 100% on point with every single throw and doesn't make any mistakes, and you're able to create some, you know, eight, nine, ten play drives, getting yourself down the field, and I think it's just really, really tough to do against this Patriots defense. Mm. Um, all right, what happens when uh, what happens when the Patriots have the ball? Is this offense? Is he really not very good? Is it possible this offense isn't very good? I think it's possible, but some of it is just they're they're so injured. Um, you know, David Andrews out for the year, Isaiah Wynn out for the year, Josh Gordon is not going to play in this game with his ankle injury. Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo, the tight ends, are both out. Rex Burkhead got downgraded to out again with the foot issue that's been lingering for a few weeks. Julian Edelman's banged up. Philip Dorsett's banged up. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski got an injury uh, on Friday's practice. And, I mean, it's up in the air whether Dorsett's even going to play. I mean, that's so many guys uh, that were expected to be contributors on the offense that are hurt. And I think even in previous years when the offense has been good, they do spend the first four or five weeks of the season figuring out what kind of offense they want to be. Um, they did that last year and the year before even, just figuring out what kind of things are going to work. Basically, the only thing they knew was going to work every year was whatever Tom Brady and Julian Edelman want to do in a quick passing game. Um, you know, some years they had Gronk healthy, some years he wasn't very healthy, and it was, you know, sort of they figured out what kind of offense they were going to be based on whether or not he was healthy and what else they had to do. Um, it seemed like this year they were going to try to be sort of a, you know, pound the ball with uh, Sony Michelle type offense, but the offensive line injuries and now two tight end injuries and two fullback injuries, James Devlin and uh, his replacement, Jacob Johnson, are both out, I think, for the year now. Um yeah, I mean, it's they're still very much figuring themselves out, but they are the highest scoring offense in the league anyway. Uh, some of that is obviously because they've had, I think, five defensive touchdowns 
Uh, but even without that, I think they're still like the sixth or seventh highest scoring in the offense in the league per game. So, I mean, they've been quite good, even while not looking very good. Mm. Um, what can the, uh, what can the Jets do? Like, how do they match up against this, this Patriots team? And is there a way to, like, I almost feel like you, I mean, I mean, this sounds stupid, but I almost feel like if you're the Jets, you have to figure out a way to, keep the Patriots from scoring 21 points because if they score 21 points this game is probably over yeah I mean it's just uh, the Patriots I think the most points they've given up in a game is like 14 or 17 or whatever it is uh you're probably not scoring very much against them you absolutely need to to hold them down uh the Jets defense has been better um CJ Mosley supposed to play says to play yeah uh he's been out for a while now yeah um what he, I mean, he's probably going to be tasked, I would think, with figuring out how to do something about James White in the short yardage passing game. Obviously, the Patriots tight ends are not really uh, a big part of the offense this year. You don't really want Mosley guarding, you know, whether it's Julian Edelman or Jacoby Myers in the slot. That's not the, the best thing for him to do. Um, the safeties are playing very well. Jamal Adams looks good. Again, Marcus May, I think, has been better this year. Um, the cornerbacks, though, are just... <laughs> Man, Tremaine Johnson looks like one of the worst big money signings in recent history. Mm. Um, giving up a 111.1 passer rating on throws in his direction. And that's without even really giving up a touchdown yet. He's just, I mean, everything you throw at him is complete. Um, I think whether it's Edelman or Dorsett working on him, the Pats are going to find a way to be successful throwing at him. Daryl Roberts, uh, teams have been successful throwing at him. I mean, they've been best in the slot with Brian Poole, and um, he's not really that good of a slot corner. Um, there's an improvement on Buster Screen, who's not good at all. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, the, the, the outside pass defense is just not very good. And I think if you can throw the ball quickly against them, you can sort of – I mean, I think it's going to be easier for the Patriots to think and dunk their way down the field than it is um, – for the Jets, obviously. Um, but I, I do think just because of how banged up the Patriots are, this is not going to be a game where they have like a, a ceiling game and blow the doors off the Jets. Like who was it a couple weeks ago? Like the, the Eagles had a big offensive game. I don't think it's going to be that kind of game for, uh, for the Patriots. Um, I think it's going to be more, they're going to try to get up early and then just be like, all right, Sony Michelle, get your four yards to carry and try to run the clock out for us. Okay. So with that in mind, let's talk about some props, and then we'll get to your prediction. Uh, and you can read Dude's preview at CBSSports.com, obviously. Um, what uh, over under Sam Darnold, two hundred twenty-two and a half passing yards. Uh, I'm going under. I don't. I don't think you can take any quarterback for the over against this Patriots defense. And remember, you know, Darnold looked uh, great last week against uh, the Cowboys defense which just shut down the eagles on sunday night somehow but in week one uh, against uh the bills who are you know a defense either almost as good or just as good or better than the patriots defense darnold looked terrible i mean he was 28 of 41 for 175 yards i mean it was check down city and they really did nothing yeah uh worth no i mean you know worth noting he may have had mono then so definitely worth noting um, I don't know. Tom don't Brady. Know. Well, we don't. It's fine. Tom Brady over under three hundred and a half passing yards. I think I go under there too. I, I just don't think that the Pats are going to have one of those monster games. Plus the the whole receiving core is banged up right now, other than Jacoby Myers. Um, yeah. 
I think it's going to be like I think this will be a low scoring game where they try to uh, play ball control, short passes to James White, short passes to Julian Edelman, and and run up the middle with Sony Michelle. The uh, over under for Jacoby Myers catches is actually two and a half. I like the over there. Yeah, I like the over there too. I, I think he's a good player. Um, he, is, he is a good player. He should not have gone undrafted. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and um, especially with Dorsett in potentially playing banged up and uh, not necessarily all that involved, Myers might be the number two or three option in the passing game. Yep. Um, and I don't think you know Olszewski has not shown much. I don't think in the passing game so far it's possible he, they could develop him into something, but I don't think he's shown all that much so far. So I, I, I think that Myers is going to have to be pretty heavily involved. Uh, over under Sony Michelle, 63 and a half rushing yards. I'll go over. He's been pretty good the last few weeks that they've tried to been get him more involved. Uh, I think he's gone over 63 in each of those last three games since he's got 63, 91 and 86 the last three games. Yeah. Uh, since that Jets game where he was, I mean, just atrocious and played the, the so fewest snaps. Though, like somehow. Yeah, I think it was the fewest snaps of his career in that game and the lowest snap rate. He's been much more involved since then, especially the last two weeks. They've gotten him involved in the passing game, especially in the first half, sort of designing a couple of quick screens and swing passes for him. And uh, I think that's loosened things up a little bit more. I'm going to go over there because I think they're going to win and they're going to try to run a, a lot. Okay. Um, over under. Oh, uh, over under Julian Edelman, seventy four and a half receiving yards. Um, I'll go over, just because I think it's it's going to be a big quick pass game for them, um, which means a lot of targets for Edelman, and um, I just don't think the Jets secondary is all that good. So even if Brady doesn't throw for you know three hundred fifty yards or something, I think. Uh, it's going to have a nice time completing those passes to, to Edelman and James White. And those guys usually get, you know, eight, nine, ten yards per catch. So if, if he catches eight passes, I mean, I think he gets over 80 yards or so. Uh, what about the final prediction? You got, uh, uh, do, do, do you want me to, do you want me to take with the over-unders or the, uh, the, the line is? You tell me what you got and then I'll tell you. Yeah, let me say it first. I got, uh, Pat's 24-13. As always, all over it. Uh, the over that that's way under though. Uh, Patriots minus nine now. It's fallen down. It was ten at one point. Falling down to nine. Over under forty three and a half. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm further away from the over the under spread, the spread and the over under than usual. But it's uh you know it's pretty close. Two points away from the spread and uh, was that four points, six points away from the over under. Yeah, I mean um, that feels like it's a situation where it's twenty four thirteen late. Or like 24-10 late or something like that. And is Sam Darnold going to throw a touchdown? You know what I mean? Like, is he going to throw a I think garbage time me, touchdown? It's, it's it got to be like the Patriots scoring 30 or more for this game to go over. I just I can't see the Jets scoring like two or three touchdowns. Hmm. A lot of people are on the Jets tonight. I know. And uh, I don't really get it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty stupid to bet against Bill Belichick in primetime. But, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, right. I mean, the, look, the Jets should be considerably more competitive in this game than they were in the first game when they really should have essentially lost like 35 nothing. Their two scores in that game were a muffed punt and a pick six by Jarrett Stidham. So that that game was like not a real football game. Mm. Uh, all right, Jared Dubin, you're the best. Uh, we will talk on uh, Thursday. Vikings-Redskins. Kirk Cousins. Sounds good, man.
The Kirk Cousins Bowl. That's right. That's right. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, Jason Lockenfora on all the latest news and notes around the NFL. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the program now. Joining us, as promised, the NFL misfit himself. Riding with Biden, Jason Lockenborough. What's up, buddy? I put, you know what? I prefer that term much more than insider. I've always hated that term. Yeah, I still like hate it. I cringe I cringe every time I hear it or, God forbid, say it. But it is what it is, I guess. Well, it is your technical title, unfortunately. You are the CBS Sports right. Technical Insider. Yeah, like sometimes I'll – I would just – can you just call me a reporter? You know what I mean? Like, uh, whatever. Gesundheit. Yeah, Sorry, dog. Copper sneezing. See, uh, Copper's uh, allergic to the title, too. <laughs> so, look, we're going to dive into some NFL takeaways, uh, including um, maybe some uh, trades that were made, some trades that were not made. What, what you know, what, what do you expect? Trades to be made, absolutely. Trades, trades to be made, various quarterbacks. Uh, but first, I got to ask you: on Sunday night, a photo appeared yes. on social media of you in a Misfits T-shirt on a train, <laughs> mugging for a selfie with former Vice President of the United States of America, Joe Biden. Um, yes. That's a uh, not doctored. No, not doctored at all. Like it's, a, and it was. And I could tell because it was taken with a. It was taken with the BlackBerry. You could tell. The, 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 the yeah, it was taken with my Android. James, oh, and, and here's the other part of it. JB took the shot. How about that? JB was the photographer. Right, JB was on the train with you. Yeah, he's always on the train with me. He lives what? in Bethesda. He lives near DC. So we're well. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes I make the eight o'clock and he doesn't because, like, a game might go overtime even if it's a Fox game. Yeah. And he can't leave until, you know what I mean? All the highlights are wrapped and whatever, whereas we're already off the air. You know what I mean? So I'm out of there. Like, I'm cleared, but he's not. But usually we both make the 8 o'clock Acela. And I've been on trains before with Biden. And Biden, like, like I've been riding trains all my life. And Biden, you know, he has too. So, like, you, you get to know people who work at Amtrak, and everybody's got a Biden story. And it always starts with he's the greatest guy in the history of the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's so down to earth, yada, yada, yada. I've just always heard. He's like the most down to earth, cool dude. Like you, no pretense. Like he just rides saw, a train like everybody else. It wasn't like there were marshals everywhere. It wasn't like there was secret service everywhere. It, it just, you know, it just wasn't. Um, so I knew I was going to run into Biden on a train one, like at some point. Like there have been times where I've been on trains, but not in first class, and like you'd hear like, "Hey, Biden's in first class." Yeah. I but I was in first class this time, uh, and so was he. <laughs> so. Yeah, and you could tell there was a lot of staffers on there, too. So, like, um, and that train was packed. That train was totally, totally packed. Um, And sitting, there were some of his staffers sitting near me. So I I could tell that, you know, they probably worked from, like, the U.N. campaign, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're talking. And I'm like, you know, you guys, is he getting off at Wilmington or Washington? And they're like, he's getting off at Wilmington. He's going home. And they're like, we're going down to Washington, you know, to campaign headquarters, yada, yada, yada. 
And I'm like, you know, I've always heard like it's not a, it's not a like, you know, he's cool with like taking a selfie or a picture, or whatever. Like, oh, totally. They're like, yeah, just you know, like they're like, wait, you know, like when it's like ten minutes before Wilmington, just go down there and and you know what I mean. Tell them we sent you, whatever. Okay. So okay. I go down there, and I'm standing there, and I I I, I immediately grab JB because I'm like. Well, I saw a Misfit Saturday night, so I got a Misfits T-shirt. So, like, I was, you know what I mean? It was hot on the train, so I took my sweatshirt off because it was like the train was overpacked and it was crowded. So, whatever. But So, I'm like, JB, hey, I'm going to go, you know, um, ask Mr. Biden for a picture. Do you mind taking it? He's like, of course. <laughs> so, JB was sitting, like, catty corner from him. So, I go down there, and, and I'm kind of looking for a while, and I don't want to interrupt. And then he sees me, and he's like, hey there. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Biden, would you mind if I took a picture and he's like, yeah, but, you know, how, how do you want to take it? And I'm like, oh, my colleague, Mr. Mister Brown here will take it. And JB stands up. You know what I mean? JB's like 6'4". And he's like, oh, JB. So I was good. So uh, at that point, I'm, so, you know what I mean? At that point, I'm golden. So you're like, my colleague, James Brown, is going to take it. And JB stands up. And he's like, I mean, like, he obviously, I mean, I'm not suggesting he should. He knew who JB well. was. He knew who yeah. JB was. Yeah, I mean, JB's the face. I don't think he had a damn clue who I was. Not that I would expect him to. You know what I mean? I'm, I, 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 I didn't. I just, I just want to get a picture. Like, I didn't care one way or the other. I, I doubt, I, I don't think he had any idea who I was. And like, there was another dude I'd been talking to who came down with me. So then I'm like, and Mr. Biden, you know, could, could my friend here get one? And so then I, I took that guy's phone and I took the picture of that guy with Mr. Biden. That's what's well, awesome. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great picture. Um, and, uh, it should be your, is it your Twitter avatar yet? I assume it is. No, it's not. I don't know. The one with me is Snoop Dogg. I I have a hard time. Uh, That one hasn't been knocked out yet. The background. You know what I mean? I just, I think I'm riding that one. I don't even know if I know how to change the background at this point, to be honest, anyway. So I'm probably just rolling with that one forever, I guess. But the little picture. Yeah, I've got my kids on there now. The two boys. I don't know. Yeah, go with the the kids. It's just, like, I don't, I think we're at a point now where, like, it would just be more, like, unfortunately, it would be Not more that trouble. I look at the comments because I honestly don't, but it's just, you know what I mean? Like people perceive it one way or another and it's like. It would be viewed as an endorsement. So you should definitely just keep, yeah. just keep Snoop right. Yeah. At you, this you, point. You do endorse for, for, for president in 2020, Snoop Dogg. That's who you're voting. Yeah. We're president of anything. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to um, football. Uh, very okay. nice. Very nice. Uh, politics-free Biden discussion. And when I got back to my seat, like, Philadelphia had given up, like, 17 more points in the time it took me to walk to the end of the train and, you know, not even the end of the train, end of the car. But, no, I swear, like, I got back, you know, I, I turned, I got sat back down, put the game back on. I'm like, oh, yeah, this thing's totally over. Do you think Howie Roseman regrets not trading for Jalen Ramsey today? I, not really. You know, there's a point where you feel like you, 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 you can only compromise yourself so much and with what they'd have to pay him on top of what's already going on there. I, I feel like they, they, they did, they went as far as they felt like they could go. You know, um, there were people in that organization who, when I reported two weeks ago that there were two ones on the table, sort of discounted it. And then like five days later, one of those people doubled back to me and they're like, you know what? You were right. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm still right. And like, that's what it's going to be. But at that point, they didn't, the, the Jags felt like the team that they got the picks from was probably going to win the Super Bowl. And so those picks, you know what I mean? They're thinking it could be 32 and 30. And the Rams aren't, you know, like, I'm yeah. sorry. They're yeah. not winning the Super Bowl even with Jalen Ramsey. And in that division, they still, I, I know everything that happened yesterday. I get it. It's a snapshot. 
but when you when you pan out, you know, and 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 look at the whole terrain and what's to come, they still might be the third best team in that division. Well, and and with so that's with, why Jacksonville oh, took that offer. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. Well, look, with there's two good teams in the NFC South. There's three good teams, maybe four good teams in the NFC North. There's three good teams. No, there's maybe, not. Okay, four well, teams in the NFC North. Okay, I mean, look, the Bears are three and three, and they're not very good, but they could still make a playoff run. They got, I mean, like, I'm, I'm. No, they can't. Okay, well, we can get we can get to Trubisky in just a second. But who is quarterback? Well, Andy Dalton. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. Who who's the quarterback? Or can they make a trade? If it's well, they could, but I mean, in season and knowing the system, I mean, I, I, they're not going to. I mean, it's it's not very feasible. First of all, Foles can't even come off. He's still at least two weeks before he can even come off IR, right? Yeah. And all that money, they're not going to do that. They're stuck, man. You can't win in this league without a quarterback. Sorry. The uh, Bears are not good. And the Lions, are, as much as I like the Lions' fight and spirit, they've, you know, they found ways. And it's not always their fault, but regardless – the L or the T has come in too many instances where it shouldn't have. You know, they had they should have beat Kansas City. They should have beat Green Bay. They should have beat Arizona. They didn't. And with the way the Vikings are playing and the way the Packers are playing, I think the Lions are now in trouble. And, and again, I, I say that as someone who believes in them and thinks they, there's a, they legitimately should be first in that division. The reality is they're not. And – Green Bay and the Vikings are formidable, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Green Bay, Green Bay, and Minnesota are playoff teams, right? I yeah. mean, Minnesota's five and two. The Vikings, uh, I'm actually currently in, in like currently right now, uh, in the middle of a fight with Pete Prisco, who you don't uh, say. I tweeted out that. People are like, people are like all back on board Kirk Cousins again, right? So like he wins three straight. He's playing awesome. First quarterback in NFL history with, uh, 300 plus passing yards, 130 passer rating or better, uh, in three straight games. You know, they light up the Vikings. I mean, they light up the Giants. They light up the Eagles. They light up the Lions. They got the Redskins, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Broncos before their week 12 bye. They should win all four of those games and they should go three and one at worst, uh, unless Patrick Mahomes magically returns in time for week nine, which we can get into in a second. Um, the Cowboys game is on prime time. So I'm assuming that people will, will bash Kirk Cousins if he doesn't win that game. Yes. Um, same thing with the Seahawks game after the bye in week 13. But by and large, you know, we're at a point where people are backing Kirk Cousins. He leads the NFL in terms of yards per pass attempt. They're using a ton of play action. He's throwing the ball down the field yes. at the and Stephon Diggs. He looks awesome. Uh, I would be really surprised if, if, if either of those teams missed the playoffs, right? I mean, and that's. Agreed. So, so you're looking Go at. Go look at the Vikings at home, too. Like, good luck winning there even in January. That's, they, the defense they, is, is especially stifling at home. Like, that's, are, they've got a real home field advantage. RJ White and I have been talking about this for like two years now. Mike Zimmer's record against the spread and straight up at home is impeccable. I mean, like, this is, yeah. it's the best home field advantage in football. Um, when you look at the, uh, when you look at the Packers at six and one, with Aaron Rodgers finally starting to get this offense, the Chiefs on deck with no Patrick Mahomes, more than likely. The Chargers up after that, the tra- trash team. Panthers, then their week 11 bye. Um, they have the Redskins after the bye, the Giants after the bye. I mean, th- you know, this is a team that's going to get to 10 wins easily. So, in my opinion, and barring a total and shocking like, collapse via injury-related issues, you're probably looking at a situation where in the NFC – 
you have um, four playoff spots available, right? Because you're you're going to get we, if we slide those two in. Well, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I think those. I mean, yeah, really, three playoff spots available because you you have to assume the six and 49ers are going to. I mean, find a way not to miss the playoffs, right? Right. Agreed. And maybe the five. I mean. I, I, I mean, the six and one Saints look. This a yeah, good Saints, team. The Saints are. I mean, look. I mean, I, I think this. I mean, the Saints are. I, I'm comfortable saying the Saints are in. So there's a good. I, I would put. Good I would slot three point. teams in. You know. I, All right. Who is there's you, going I mean, to be? There is going to be a team or two who miss in the NFC, who would wipe up most of the field in the AFC. Correct. So let's say, like, like let's, if a Panthers team, like you could have a really good, solid Panthers team with a top three MVP candidate, like miss on a tiebreaker, and that team would would wipe up pretty much anybody in the AFC and and maybe the Patriots too, like on their day, yeah. like could they stonewall the Patriots offense and win a grudge match with McCaffrey touching the ball forty times? Yes. All right. Well, let's let's all right. Let's well let's run through this and bear in mind that we could be wrong. But looking at the NFC. Never. Oh, wait. So what was your fight with Prisco, though? Uh, what was he saying? I tweeted about Cousins and, and Jamie and Jamie Eisenberg, who's the king of all instigators. Oh, God. Yeah. Copy, like, takes a picture of his, like, you should at least tag Pete if you're going to call him out. And he's like, Will changes with the wind. I was like, I picked him to win the Super Bowl. I've been on board the Cousins bandwagon since the beginning of the year. I was like, you're the one bleeping off Russell and Cousins the last two weeks. And Pete's like, you think he's good? Look at what Russell did. He sucked. I was like, you're the one changing with the wind, you clown. Like, you're the one who, like, is, like, out there publicly. Like, Russell's the MVP. I'm too sorry. I insulted Russell. Um, and, uh, and he, and he said that, um, he said, he says a bunch of stuff and, and then, then accused me of taking a weekend off because I went down to see my mom on her birthday this weekend. Like, like F off, clown. So, clown. I love Pete. I know he's he's the best. Uh, so anyway, he is look, the best. But look, uh, look at the NFC, dude. Think, I'm just telling you that airing of grievances was this year's. You like that moment for Cousins? I think sometimes he needs that to get his edge back and to, you know what I mean? Stop being such a pleaser and stop worrying about ruffling feathers and stop worrying about what the head coach thinks and throw the damn football downfield. Let it loose, yeah. and when he does, he can make some plays. Let's see what he can do in December and January. But the Vikings are going to win a lot of games, and he's going to put up really good numbers because they've got a lot of pieces there. Um, and they're uh, also running the ball like a mofo. They are. Dalvin Cook leads the league in rushing, 725 rushing yards. So if we assume that one of the Cowboys or the Eagles is going to win the East, and probably I not. Think, I think that's a one. I, I, think, I think you better win that division. That's I, what I'm saying. I don't, I think, I don't a, think they're getting two. That's what I'm saying. I think that's a one-team one division. In the, in, the, in the North, Packers and Vikings are both getting in. Yeah. In the West, are the 49ers and Seahawks both getting in? Bear in mind, they haven't played each other, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I think um, I think two teams probably get in from that division. I mean, and it could be the Rams. I mean, the Rams could take off. I, I don't think they will, but they, they certainly could. They could be 5-2. and two. They, if, they, if they kick that – if Zerline makes that field goal in Seattle, they're 5-2. and two, The Seahawks are 4-3. and three, And uh, the Rams have the Bengals at home this week. So – yeah, they could. I mean, I'm just saying, like, they're the the outlook. And then, real quick, while I'm thinking of it, a memo to anybody in the Seattle front office or coaching staff who might be listening: um, when you have a really good quarterback, you use him the way Harbaugh uses his quarterback to win to win the bleeping game. Okay, 
like 53 yard field goals in the wind. You know what I mean? Like fourth and three around the middle of the field. That's when you let the best player on the field go, go win that play for you. You don't try a second rate field goal kicker attempting something probably out of his range on a perfect day on something that is a suboptimal kicking day. Like, come on, man. Like let Russell Wilson win games for you. He will do it more often than he does not. Like, my God. Um, I'm with you 100%. What What do you think that game, Baltimore beating Seattle in Seattle with Lamar Jackson posting? I know that his numbers aren't great, nine to twenty. I don't care. I, I watched the game. If If you didn't, if you if you're if you're talking if you're talking today Monday about his stats and complaining about his stats and and pumping up his lack of passing stats for why he didn't have a good game, you're a moron who didn't watch the game. Um, right. What do you think that did for the MVP race in terms of, you know, bringing Russell Wilson back, pushing Lamar Jackson up? I mean, eh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, Russell Wilson's a clown. So Lamar much, Jackson's so much. We're not even halfway in. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there'll, there'll be so many more twists and turns. Um, sure. Uh, I also think who all who who exactly votes on that one? You know what I mean? Like. Ooh, that's a good point. I don't, there's, there's, the there's, certain people, the there's certain people in this business who uh, – I, I should probably just shut up. I don't – Ironically, uh, it's a dog whistle situation. So that's, that's – like, maybe maybe all yeah. this Lamar talk is causing Copper to go nuts. Um, no, it's just we're getting work done in the house. It's, and there's nowhere – I'm running. There's nowhere I can go now like I'm, unless I go outside. You're fine. But it's uh, a lot out there too. But yeah, I mean, look, I just think that certain people are held to standards sometimes that that will 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 always prove in the eyes of some to be unattainable. Um. Okay. So I need I need to see the list of voters because <laughs> well, not everybody who has the ability to vote on some of these awards knows what the hell they're doing. I think Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott are on the fringe of that MVP stuff. Talk too, and they're, they'll they'll work their way into it if those teams win their division. Um, Aaron Rodgers as well. Who uh, who should make a trade? What trades do you see that you? I don't make? think. I mean, Kirk Cousins. I, I, I mean, and I'm I'm I guess you'd put in the camp of a defender, but like they tried to win a game without him attempting double digit passes. Like I'm not saying I condone that, but like that was the reality, and they won the game. And then they won. And then the next week, he only attempted thirteen, and they won. If they don't think he's an MVP, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care what numbers he puts up. And when it's only a sixteen-game sample size, you know what I mean? They basically tried to win despite him hmm. the first month of the season. You know what I mean? A good quarter of the season. Yeah, unless but- he literally, you know what I mean? Unless he literally looks like Aaron Rodgers the rest of the year, every single week. I, I don't know how we could be saying Kirk Cousins is the MVP. I mean, if he averages 325 passing yards per game for the rest of the season and he completes 76% of Right, with passes. three touchdowns and no interceptions. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like if he plays at a level, I mean, that's even like not – that's not even Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's basically perfect. I mean, since the airing of grievances, I think he's completing like 70-odd percent of his passes. He's got 11 or 12 touchdowns in three weeks and one interception – and he's throwing for, like, 330 yards a game. I mean, yeah, if he keeps that up, which, I mean, Chicago has their number. You know what I mean? Like, that's a bugaboo for them. 
and you've got that Packers defense again. And, yeah, if he does that, then he's the MVP. But literally, like, he would have to do that every single week. I don't think that's feasible. Probably not. But uh... To offset the fact that they literally, you know what I mean? Like, all that stuff in September happened. Like, I saw it. It was ugly. Yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get that worked up about it. I mean, they they curb stomped Atlanta in Week One. I get he only attempted ten passes, but like he, I mean, he didn't have to. You know what I mean? Like he, I mean, they they won twenty eight to twelve. It was laughable, and it wasn't even that close. Um, the at Green Bay and at Chicago games are concerning. I get it. I I, I get it. I mean, that's if he can't go on the road and beat a decent defense or a decent team. No, the Chicago game was. I mean, that was an atrocity. And the and the other game they won with with him completing thirteen passes. I think. I mean, fifteen. Yeah, against Oakland. I mean, but like, if, you, if you're winning by twenty points because your defense is scoring and you're and Dalvin Cook's running wild, like, well, who okay, cares? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. How many league MVPs are apologizing to their number one receiver in week five? I just, I'm sorry. Look, if there's a tiebreaker. Only so many guys win this award. Like, I don't. Well, let's let's talk about two guys who did win the award who are missing time with injury. Uh, What is, uh, I know you reported on this on Sunday. What's the timeline for Patrick Mahomes returning from injury? Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm told it's a four to six week situation. Um, is that does that mean that's what they'll ultimately adhere to? No, because they're continuing. You know what I mean? To get different different opinions, and then does something happen in that time frame that pushes it back? Uh, you know, we don't know the answer to that, but that's that's sort of the the hope. Um, and how literal is it? You know what I mean? Well, a week is seven days, and they played on a Thursday. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, you start counting up 28 days or whatever. And so maybe is he back because they're playing on a Sunday or a Monday that week, and the injury happened on a Thursday. But, he's, he's you know, they're going to be without him for, for a while here. And, uh, you know, the, the, I guess – the good news is Henny comes off. It looks like he'll be ready to come off IR week nine when he's eligible. So you've, you've at least got two veteran quarterbacks in the mix instead of, you know, I mean, Pat Shermer's son, you know, like that. They're, they're, the scenario for them this week might just be, you know what I mean? Shermer gets elevated from the practice squad and that's it. I mean, maybe they sign another body, but so getting, getting Henny back will at least give them some volume, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But they don't – this is – it is what it is. I mean, you, you, you know, can this be another Jacoby Brissett, Kyle Allen uh, – Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater situation, or are we looking at what it normally looks like in this league when you, you when you lose a top-flight starter, which is you, you're, you're, you're hoping and praying you can tread water and be somewhere around 500 while that guy's out, not not storming to the top of the division. Yeah, and I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I I think this is not going to play out like those other ones. I'm I'm really? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, Andy Reid's done this before. Now the problem for yeah. the, the problem for this Chiefs team is that they have the Packers on Sunday night at home. They're underdogs at home against the Packers on Sunday night, and we got screwed because we should have gotten Rodgers, Mahomes, like with Rodgers coming off that yeah. game and Mahomes playing really yeah. well. Um, so that stinks. Um. Then you have the uh, the Vikings at home, 
That's a tough matchup. They're going to be underdogs yeah. in that game, assuming Patrick Mahomes didn't play it to 1 o'clock. Kirk Cousins is going to light up your defense, pal. Uh, then you're at the Titans and at the Chargers. I mean, I would assume that he's not coming back till after the bye. I mean, you have to play this smart. You're five and one. You're five and two, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just going to depend on where he is at that stage and what the doctors say. And I don't know that you just do an extra week because it's there. I don't know. I mean, I, I just I think it's a, it's going to be a purely medical situation. And if he's once he's cleared to practice, it's because they think he can practice. And then once he's cleared to play, it's because he's cleared to play. I, I don't know. Um, that they, better not, they, be, better not, they better not screw this up. Don't rush him back. No, I don't think any. I don't think it's anything. I'm, I'm not insinuating that at all. I'm just saying, like the idea that like no, we'll see. just do an extra week because it's sitting there. I don't know that that's the reality either, and I don't know that they're going to have that luxury. Well, they got a pretty good break, and I pointed this out on Twitter and on the podcast yesterday. But like the fact that they beat the Broncos after Mahomes got hurt, the Chargers. Pooped all over the peed all peed down their legs like they do every yeah, week. and the Raiders got blasted by the um you know by the uh, by the uh, by the Packers helps them in a in a tremendous way. I mean, they're yeah you know, they're, they're sitting there at five and two, two full games or I guess uh yeah I mean a game and a, yeah they're they're well clear of the Raiders at three and three and the Broncos at two and five Chargers at two and five. Um yeah I, I just I don't think like the Chiefs pre Mahomes could have been the one seed. I don't see the cheat, but they, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, not, so, no. You know, the Patriots are going to roll up a bunch of wins. Other teams outside their division are going to win games too. I, I think their playoff road will be tougher because of this. A hundred percent. And with that them, defense being as bad as it is, and I'm not going to go crazy about what they did on Thursday night. Like I want to see it against a real. Like I want to see it against something other than a 1965 offense. You know what I mean? With yeah. a disinterested starting quarterback. Right. Like um, I, I need to see, I need to see it. Uh, when, and then, is, and then maybe look, and maybe they do rally and maybe that they've reached their boiling point and they know that they don't have this guy to bail them out. And they know that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If we're down 17 in the fourth quarter, cause he still might pull it out. So maybe that brings something out in them yeah. and, and maybe it's somewhat sustainable, especially if they get a little healthier and maybe if they add a corner or something, but I got to see it. What about Cam Newton? What are the Panthers going to do? Coming off their bye, they're headed to San Francisco. Yeah, this one has always been sort of Kyle Allen's game. Um, it's going to take a couple of week process for Cam to get to the medical clearance stage. And then I, I don't know. I mean, in talking to people there the last couple of weeks, I've, I've given people opportunities to whisper like, it's still Cam's job, you know what I mean, no matter what, and that's not what people are whispering. Yeah. So, um, at this point, I'm led to believe that there will be a football decision to be made, and, and if Kyle Allen keeps performing well against quality opponents, I, I think he's going to keep the job. Wow. Everything... No one has said that to me either, but that's me, you know what I mean? If you're asking me to read the tea leaves, and, and based on my reporting to project out two weeks from now, when they do have, you know, when they do sit around and have a personnel meeting, okay, Cam's now 100%. He can do everything, and and they start having those conversations. If if this if this if Kyle Allen continues to be the Kyle Allen we've seen, I, I think they're going to stay with him. There's no way. I, I agree. First of all, they're not going to play him until he's 100%. 
I can't. Like, it's not even a decision. And this so, is one where 100% probably means 100. Like, you know what I mean? I'm telling you, like, 100% with Mahomes is 100%. 100% here is probably like 125%. Right, exactly. They, they're going to be like, Cam, you're not 100%. We can't, can't, even, can't even have the discussion, buddy. Um, and, look, if they go 2-1 and one these next three weeks, it's over. Because they're at 49ers, who are undefeated, Titans at home, and then at Packers. And Packers are obviously a one-loss team that's looked great. If, if they can manage 2-1 and one in that stretch, this is Kyle Allen's job. I mean, like you just couldn't possibly pull it away. If they if they go zero and zero and three, maybe, um, or even like you know one and two, and then they have the Falcons and the Saints and the Redskins up after that. I mean, you know, it's, it's a discussion, and like maybe you pull the ripcord and Cam is kind of ready to come back. But I, I'm with you. I don't think that um, I can't imagine that they'll they'll take the job away from Kyle Allen. That you don't do that to a locker room. It's a disaster. Like you you can't yeah. be you can't you can't take a team. Again, assuming two and one here in this, in this, in that stretch, you can't take a team that's six and three and take the starting quarterback out of, out of the lineup for a guy who might not be. Well, especially when you look at it, what were they in their last 10 with Cam? Like one and nine or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's easy. All right. uh, And not that it was all, and I'm not saying all that is on him. I'm not using quarterback wins, but the reality is they came out of that Thursday night situation, right? And there were people who, not in that organization, but people in that community who felt like the whole thing was about to crumble. You know what I mean? Like that it was, oh, my God, we've won one game in the last, like, eight months, and we couldn't even beat Tampa at home in a short week, and now Cam's hurt, and the owner might blow up the whole bill. You know what I mean? Like that's where they were. Like that's the that's the world they were living in. I'm not saying that's what it was. It was nothing like that in their facility, but that's when they came to work that Friday morning. You know what I mean? It was like the the – Everything was on fire. No, you're and to go from that to this, percent correct. You know, to go from that to this, I, unless this, you know what I mean. Like if San Francisco goes out and shuts them out, you know what I mean. Like which could happen. But if this kid continues to to look like a highly functional winning quarterback, I I don't think they make the change. I'm I'm with you. All right, uh, next week. Man, it's already the end of October. The season's rolling along. We have the trade deadline coming up Tuesday, October 29th. JLC will join us Monday morning. We'll preview the trade deadline. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe there'll be some more deals between then. Uh, in the meantime, get out of trouble. Watch out for uh, vice presidents on, on trains. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I think I'll be. If I run into, well, I'll, I'll put it there. <laughs> No, don't put Dan it. Dan Quayle no. is on the Amtrak oh, with me. Okay. I ain't taking a picture. I'll put it to you that way. I, I, that, there will be no, there will be no photographic evidence of that. I don't, I don't need that one. Legendary Dan Quayle. What, did, what was it? That he couldn't yeah. spell his name. All right, tell Cobb what's up. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk next Monday, buddy. All right, buddy. Have a good week. Thank you.